three, two, one. Good morning and welcome to the SNH Farm Supply High School Highlight Show here on Jock 98.7 and brought to you by Postgame Pizza at postgamepizza.com. Guy Newcomb, the scoreboard guy alongside here for the next couple of hours and uh, dealing with a lot of things in our country right now and kind of wanted to bring that home and, and, and talk a little bit about the uh, so, the psychology part of it and to that end uh, uh, a gentleman who I've known for about 30 years now Dr. Jeffrey Brown he grew up in Lebanon played college baseball at Southwest Baptist University alongside uh, myself but he is now the assistant clinical professor in the Department of Psychiatry at Harvard Medical School uh, champion of cognitive behavioral psychology you know his expertise has led him to uh, being the psychologist for the Boston Marathon medical team is on Runner's World Magazine scientific advisory board and as the Boston Marathon psychologist he provides clinical consultation and intervention to runners on race day and, and has the privilege of working with dedicated physicians uh, nurses physical therapists and other healthcare profession professionals in the last decade uh, Dr. Brown's psychology expertise has been cited uh, by the New York Times, ESPN, the Wall Street Journal, the Boston Globe, uh, Women's Day Magazine, Fox News, Family Circle, it goes on and on. But uh, Dr. Brown, uh, I certainly appreciate your time here today in, in, in very very trying times here in the United States. Hey guys, it's good to be back with you. And yeah, it is trying times. Trying times are, are looking, right as, uh, looking at us right in the eye. As you think about it, as I've thought about uh, and typically I deal with the high school athlete it's the high school highlight show uh, but starting there but all athletes really outside of just people normal people in everyday life have been just severely affected with this and concentrating on the athletes when you look at the high school athlete student athlete who has lost uh, their spring sports probably for the remainder of the season the fact that they're not able to go to school things like graduations and proms are being taken away along with those athletic events you know, what is the, the psyche with all the anxiety and, and fear that's going on right now with these with these student athletes and how do we deal with that well you know one thing that uh, we have to really consider here is that what we're experiencing is is truly unprecedented for the generations that are experiencing it. Uh, we heard, we certainly have some uh, elderly in our culture that have had some experiences with epidemics and so forth, but the measure of of uh, protection, the measure of uh, the different behavioral changes we've had to uh, experience here. It, it's really it truly is unprecedented and it's something that um is far-reaching across cultures across uh genders across ages across economic status and so forth uh, i think one of the things that we have to think about here is especially for you know i you know i work with athletes and and uh athletic identity is so important i've heard from a lot of people who are concerned about losing their uh senior year their junior year when they're look, being looked at by colleges and so forth at some point i think there will be some sort of self-correction that goes with that if there's if there's a hope for playing uh, in college ball or uh, perhaps professionally 
the thing about it is that not only athletes are losing their identity, but just people across the board. We have, you know, uh, moms and dads, single parents, uh, individuals who just have lost jobs, period. And that's it. And they are facing things that are related to uh, just staying at a point of surviving, at being able to get through the next week, um, waiting on government assistance. There are just so many factors here that we all collectively are facing loss. And that loss is something that uh, it's continuing. Uh, It just hasn't happened where one loss has happened. The loss is continuing, um, particularly uh, as, as people are not abiding by some of the recommendations that are made when it comes to uh, managing the pandemic. As, as student athletes, you know, would you, would you be okay with, you know, let, let's say I'm a student athlete. I'm angry. I'm angry about the fact that, you know, either I lost an opportunity at the NCAA level or at the high school level, uh, and, and I'm angry with this. What, 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 what advice would you give that person that, that feels that anger? Well, I think for one, that anger is a very normal feeling, uh, part of part of loss. Um, and I think another piece of that is to realize that it's it's not someone's fault. Oftentimes, athletes are we tend to be very responsible for our behaviors. Uh, if if uh, we make an error, we take it personally. If we don't uh, hit a personal best, we take it personally. Those sorts of things. This is something that you cannot take personally. Uh, you can be angry about it, but you don't want to take that out on yourself or take that out on others. Just like we don't want uh, parents and administrators and other people that are professionals, you know, across the across the workforce, we have to manage that anger in a way that's productive. That may mean that uh, you you get out and. Um, you, still watching social distancing but you go for a good run or you do something around the house i I don't know how many people i've talked to that have incredibly clean closets at this point um because they've taken that energy that frustration and so forth and done something um on a project that they can actually control part of the loss is about giving up control so we do have to adjust and find things in our life that we can control because we can't control uh the the coronavirus and uh where it's going to strike next we can control our role in that um, as an individual by doing the social distancing. It's amazing to me um, how many people don't abide by the social distancing when it's clear that's the number one way that you can affect it and minimize it. I think it has a lot to do with, as humans, if uh, if it doesn't happen in our own backyard, if it doesn't happen to us, then it's really not happening. Uh, and that's just not the case. We have people um, that are far smarter than we are telling us how to affect a virus that's spreading exponentially. And uh, we need to flatten that curve by being responsible. Uh, I love getting out. I love being out. I want to be out uh, doing activities and so forth. But now clearly is not the time to be meeting your buddies at the field, uh, 
rendezvousing uh, where you can shoot hoops. Or I, I know of one case where the cinder blocks were even on a goal, a basketball goal, and uh, they were uh, tied to that. But people took them down so they could shoot hoops. And again, I'm all about athletics. You know that. I'm all about physical activity, taking good care of yourself. But right now, that is doing damage to other people and potentially doing damage to yourself by not abiding by that that social distancing rule of at least six feet and uh, a small group of people if you do happen to be out. Uh, just because you don't see it happening does not mean that it's not happening. I'm living now in a in a metropolitan area that literally is shut down. Pictures of the streets look like they're computer generated because no one is on them. You'll never see this like this. Uh, and we have to abide by that. Again, if it's not happening to you, it doesn't mean that it's not happening somewhere and you really have an advantage by it not happening to you because um, you're, you're ahead of the curve uh, from that aspect and from that perspective. Sorry for ranting, but... <laughs> no, right. Um, this is these are things that we have to I, more than ever i've i've learned about human behavior how we change behavior the things that i've heard i, I have the opportunity to when i'm doing therapy online now um, my entire practice has migrated over to an online format where i'm getting to chat with people now in their homes uh, and i do that all day long and um, families are talking about the things that they didn't realize they were missing out on because they were so busy they were so overwhelmed with responsibilities in life and i think this is this is going to re really recalibrate a lot of our culture a lot of how we see things how we do things uh and i think in in some cases uh where families are coming back together that is an important uh that's an important outcome that we're seeing families are connecting more they're sitting down to eat they're spending more time together that said um it also needs to be pointed out that families that have really bad habits uh, alcohol abuse bad habits of physical or sexual abuse those sorts of things families are, some people are trapped in these circumstances and we need to be reaching out to our neighbors and to friends people that we uh, need to be monitoring the elderly all of these folks need to be uh, considered as well in this we have uh, again human behavior uh, human behavior is affected by this across the board it's not really that much of an inconvenience to have to stay in your home um, when you have access to food when you have access to entertainment these are these are pretty simple things. I've heard many, many times now that uh, that uh, seniors in high school uh, uh, 80, 90 years ago were called into war when we had a war. We have this war with the pandemic and we're asked to essentially stay at home and entertain ourselves. So that's a, that's a good reminder for all of us in this cushy culture that we live in that what we're asked to do isn't that difficult and so we need to feed that into our brains we need to remind ourselves that what we're asked to do is pretty simple and now is not the time to be selfish and go against such simple guidelines and simple rules that have proven to make a difference in how this pandemic is continuing to hit our culture and affect our lives visiting with the assistant clinical professor in the department of psychology at harvard 
medical school, uh, or psychiatry, I should say, at Harvard Medical School, Dr. Jeffrey Brown. And uh, Dr. Brown, do you see uh, maybe high school students, when, when you compare maybe how how the females are handling it and then how the males are handling it, would you see maybe that there would be two different ways that they would deal with this? Well, there certainly can be across the board with just gender differences in how, um, how about males and females, men and women, boys and girls, how we communicate, how we connect. Um, certainly with athletes, uh, we know the athletes just tend to like to be active. Uh, so again, figuring out ways to be active. Uh, here in my own living room, I've got my push-up bars out. I retrieve those from the basement, uh, an exercise ball for doing some ab work. Some of those just basic things uh, can get you through um, and are things that are important when it comes to emotional health, a physical activity. Just going for a walk will help as far as uh, your brain and your brain responding to physical activity is, is an important thing. And it's something that is free. It's accessible. Just staying six feet away from somebody is important. But yes, the, uh, the differences in communication are noticeable. You're going to notice that uh, if you're trapped up with your uh, family and you have different genders, uh, you're going to see different behavior patterns and people just need their space. How would, a, you know, how differently does, does a high school athlete deal with this compared to a, a professional athlete that's going through the same thing? Uh, you know, obviously there's, there's finances involved, the professional level where not everyone is making that $10, $20 million a year. They depend on this at the minor league level, um, even on the major league level. How do the high school students and, and the and the professional athletes, how, how maybe would you see them dealing with this differently? Yeah, well, one, I would see just an, an age difference being that um, professional athletes have a different social network than high school athletes. High school athletes really rely much more heavily on their social network than probably a professional athlete. There are going to be exceptions in both directions, of, of course. Um, but I would see that the social aspects, remaining connected to your friends in, in, in uh, safe ways uh, through FaceTime, through texting, Zoom groups, uh, and so forth, Skype, uh, WhatsApp, Snap, these these formats are all very important and, and useful in remaining connected to friends. Um, I think professional athletes, uh, many of them have different types of responsi responsibilities that uh, may pull their attention in the direction of family, more family time, um, focusing on their kids, uh, spouse, fiance, uh, significant other, whoever those may be. So they're probably going to be focusing on that relationship, um, maybe a little bit more. Certainly professional athletes are going to stay in touch with their coworkers, if you will, their teammates, uh, in the same fashion that most people do. Uh, but again, just because of age and the importance of social connection, uh, so many people are, are feeling isolated and lonely. And loneliness usually makes you feel like uh, you're the only one experiencing that. But that loneliness is actually, uh, and unfortunately, a, a common feeling right now um, among so many youth. And again, we are visiting Dr. Jeffrey Brown, a former Lebanon Yellow Jacket, and now at uh, Harvard Medical School in the psychiatry department. Uh, Dr. Brown, what would you see as far as a high school student, maybe some, some long-term effects uh, psychologically to, to this pandemic? 
Well, you know, I think part of that right now that we could definitely count on is that the pandemic uh, for many athletes is shaping their story uh, and their athletic story, um, as it is all of our lives, really, that this is something that stands out as a life experience of memories that are built. We can control uh, to a degree how that story is written. And our health really should be the main character in that story, that we're taking all the measures that we know to minimize the spread of that virus and the, and the uh, uh, acquiring of that virus. We, we don't want that. We, I think there's some uh, interesting uh, shifts in perception that are coming about as we find that some people um, as we've known, you can be asymptomatic, but then how many of those carriers do we have that are or are not being tested because they're not presenting as symptomatic? So, again, that's why the the uh, the, the social distancing is so important because even if someone feels fine, uh, they can still give you the virus. It's so simple. It is such a simple thing that someone could. Uh, carry the virus uh, in uh, in their home with their loved ones, decide to go out and uh, play flag football or uh, whatever you want to go out and do, Frisbee, uh, these things just to get out because everybody can justify it. We all rationalize what it is that that when we want to do something, we, we will rationalize it. This is, again, how the psychology is hitting this um, uh, in, in real time. Uh, but you go out and, and meet that friend who's asymptomatic, and boom, you've got that, and you take it back to your family, uh, who may include an uh, elderly uh, grandparent who's living with you and so forth. It's just, it's just not really worth it to do uh do social activities that way. Uh, you have to really be figuring this out, and and uh, I hate to say it, but smart people kind of catch on a little bit quicker uh, to how this how this works. It's the people who are inattentive and not really thinking that find themselves in higher risk situations. From my experiences and talking to people, as you look at this, and when we look back on this this pandemic. Uh, what are some things you touched on a little bit with maybe families getting reconnected uh, that we can look back and maybe say, even though it was horrible, uh, this was maybe one or two positive outcomes that's resulted from uh, staying at home? Yeah, again, I think it's going to, I think it already has been recalibrating how families connect and what they see as priority. And I think we're going to see that moving forward. I've, I've had several of my clients who have said, you know, I don't, I don't want to go back to doing certain things that I was forced to stop. It really took a pandemic to get some people to change their behavior. And now they're seeing that, you know, sure enough, uh, what they were missing out on was something that had value, but they believed uh, that they couldn't ever do it this way. But the pandemic has really caused them to have to do a little bit of uh, experimenting. And sure enough, uh, they're finding that the things that they're wanting to do um, are things that they're, they are doing and the things that they are enjoying actually, actually can be done. So we're going to see that. I think we're really going to see that. Uh, we also have uh, families that are dealing with incredible loss 
and uh, the grief process is going to be affected in a way that uh, is absolutely unfortunate. Uh, where we're having loss of life and and it's difficult to have services or or funerals and so forth and you know that's a very very sad dark side of this and that's what we all are trying to avoid we want others to help us to avoid that too by doing those things the hand washing the social distancing and i keep repeating that but people need to hear that over and over and over uh, the people that are doing it would agree with me the people who um are not agreeing with me or not practicing that are the ones that we're trying to keep their attention. Well, Dr. Brown, before I let you go, how's uh, everyone up there around you and close to you doing well? I don't know. I've not seen any of them. We're all social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. We're uh, People are doing okay. Uh, you know, it, uh, Boston tends to pull together, uh, whether it's a nor'easter or if it's, uh, you know, some tragedy we've been through the bombing uh back in 13 uh we deal with stuff here and people do truly pull together um and and connect and uh i think that there's a a a special spirit about different communities and certainly boston has that spirit of determination and hard work we have all these first responders uh and frontline healthcare professionals rather that are you know they're the getting up they're going to work they're getting sick some of them are are hospitalized as a result but you know i'm really proud i know many many of those people that are in in healthcare and gosh they're they're so dedicated and they truly are uh going to the front lines and and battling this um so yeah anybody wants to connect with me directly drjeffbrown.com is my website uh, you go on there, you can shoot me uh, a message through there if people have follow-up questions or thoughts or uh, need any resources that I can help direct them to. I'm glad to do that, Dr. Jeff Brown, drjeffbrown.com. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's a community effort, and I encourage everyone to uh, be a part of a community by staying home and uh, doing things from a distance and uh, supporting and giving where they can. Outstanding. Well, Dr. Brown, you know, it's uh, it's been a long time since I called you JB or the governor, but uh, <laughs> always great to to kind of reconnect and, and just at some point uh, maybe we can visit again and it'll be under a little bit better circumstances. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Uh, everybody take care and we'll talk to you again, Guy. You bet. Do- thank you. Dr. Jeffrey Brown from Harvard Medical School. We'll be back after these messages from ESPN Radio.